the Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, host of the Strategic Hot Box and Chief Strategy Officer at CU Solutions Group. In today's episode, we're back talking diversity, equity, and inclusion. And of course, justice. Focusing on inherent assumptions and judgments we have about ourselves and others, including how we judge things to be right and wrong, good and bad, fair and unjust. We discuss how to build representation in our organizations and not just necessarily appoint individuals for diversity's sake. Because as we all agree, tokenism is not success. So let's not just appoint people for the sake of doing it. And finally, we're also gonna talk about accountability and how it's critical to these initiatives. So you'll hear from the group about the importance of holding each other accountable and finding others who can help hold us accountable. So finding a partner in that. So how do we all become a little bit more woke? Let's check it out. The only Hawaiian you will ever meet who is allergic to coconut and does not like pineapple. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love mango though. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking because we're gay right now. <laughs> As a mom, you do get that mom guilt of mm -hmm. when I walk in with all these children, people are going to go, dang, she got a lot of kids. And I stood in that place where Dr. King had said his speech. And y'all, I'm talking about tears are flowing because I never, I never saw myself standing in that spot. Never. I don't like to work to cookie. You know, I would say cookie instead of cookie. And, you know, trying to change the pronunciation in my head of like, why am I, you know, why are they making fun of it? How can I change? And then I felt like I was betraying myself and my, and my culture. in my hands here a bowl of fun facts. So everyone that participated or everyone prior to our session today filled out a little piece of paper with some fun facts about them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a fun fact and I want you to judge each other. Oh. And I want us all to make assumptions on whose fun fact this is Ooh. and why. And then if it you we didn't attribute it then I want to talk about why. We didn't attribute it. Right now, it's all just about the why. So I'm giving everyone a license to judge. Okay, for this short little period you here. Need a license to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't be afraid to, to judge. And but go easy if you know. There's hopefully there's not a bowl of insecurities that we have on this. Uh, <laughs> supposed to be fun facts. Okay, but these three different individuals have been to multiple continents, multiple multiple countries. Three different people put that as their fun fact. Multiple continents, multiple, multiple countries. Brandy. 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 Brandy.
I have, yes. Okay. That's right. You had the you had the male roommates. <laughs> <laughs> because she thrives on male energy. <laughs> <laughs> that one is from Puerto Rico, that where you're from, mm-hmm. the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And so the United States is one country. Puerto Rico is another, well, not, it was then, right? It didn't become stated until... It's not a state, so, but it is part still of the territory. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. Let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and one seems very cultured. I'm not. I think that, why did you feel the need to disclaim, I have kids, so it's not me? I... That was a good smokescreen. It was. It was, yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're young, and I'm not 100% comfortable trekking them across. But you could have traveled widely before you had kids. Not as a black woman like that. Before I was, kids. I started. Before she had kids, though. Oh, before she, yes. yes. I started young, if you will. Uh, I mean, I just, I... Here's my thing. If I'm going to another country, I'm going to relax, and I'm not going to bring my children. <laughs> it's just they haven't been on this earth long enough right. to deserve a trip <laughs> that I haven't yes. even uh, set foot <clears throat> on that country. Why would I take them? I love them. Right. But there's a so take need. Them to Disneyland. I get that. But there's a need as as a mom. There's a need to yes. use that. That that is the reason that I haven't done that. It's how I get out of so many engagements. Mm-hmm. My kids, I can't come to your party. Mm-hmm. I have kids. Are they always the reason? Not always. I use them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think as a mom, you do get that mom guilt of. Mm-hmm. When I walk in with all these children, people are going to go, dang, she got a lot of kids. And sometimes I just don't want to get, I don't feel like talking about it. I don't want that. Well, how many more are you going to have? That's another bias. That it is. I get it all the time. And it's just like, this is my body. This is my, my husband and I chose to do this and we take care of all of We can have more right, if we want to. Right. Yeah, we can have, <laughs> right, I won't. <laughs> If we wanted to, that's that's our that's our prerogative. But it does make you think twice about. Do you think that it creates a certain level of resentment in the fact of I didn't get to do that? What do you guys think? I think it could. I think it could. I think there are times when you know you. This one is screaming, and this one got an attitude, and, and you just kind of look at your partner like, remember when <laughs> we didn't? <laughs> um, so self, self-judging is just as powerful and more powerful than, than others, right? And we do it without even recognizing. We do it in a socially acceptable fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who are our travelers? Because yeah. <laughs> nailed it. Um, all right, last one here. This person loves hiking. 
Sorry, my face probably gave... It's not... (laughs) (laughs) You looked at my Instagram, and there was a post that I did a hike, and I was like, why do people like this? (laughs) It's Linda. And my reason? The shoes! She's having little feet things. Look, she's making her shoes, and I was like, that's her. But see, my my thought process, I looked at the shoes, too, and I went total opposite because of comfort. The people who wear these, they walk. Yeah. All the time. Or run, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know about the running, but I know so, the big. So, okay. That's I just equate them to outdoor activities. <laughs> <I'm with, laughs> my feet hurt. My feet hurt, so I'm going to put it I'm not climbing no hill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quit it. I didn't put it. Was that you? She wants to hear more I want to hear more conversation. Yeah, I think that uh, why, again, we had Cindy immediately discount herself <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> Why do we do that as humans? Why do we say, I, I'm going to put it out there that I'm not that person, so no one then thinks that it's me? I don't think it's about that. I think it's if when I said it ain't me, it's because I can't stand the hike. I go all the time with some of my friends because it's a fellowship. I think it does come from internal bias, though, because I was probably deflecting. Because mm-hmm. growing up as a fat girl, you know, nobody would think I'm a hiker. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I wouldn't I'm have been sorry. your first choice. <laughs> I, that, but that wouldn't have been why I would have. Yeah, my mind never went there. I never went there. It, it didn't go there consciously. But that's our, but that's that's our the inner self, voice. That's what she's saying. It didn't go there I'm automatically going to discount myself right. out of this situation. Right. Deflect. Yes. And, and yeah. I know we said we, we, it's organic, go anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So do you guys think, and I'm talking to my, 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 my brother and sister here, my, of, a, of a darker hue, because all of us are sisters and brothers. Um, I don't think our culture has the same uh, stuff about larger people. Oh, neither does mine. Hawaiian definitely does not. Right. Uh, but growing up in L.A. Oh, yeah. I, oh, girl, please. Right. If you were a size two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for us, it's just. The big hips. Okay. Childbearing hips. Okay. She get it from my mom. Mm-hmm. I think there's a song about that in the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of songs Becky, about that. Becky said yeah. the beginning of it or something. <laughs> I think it should be a bigger issue in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's starting to become I think it is. more aware and acceptable. And you know, yeah. I'll try to let my biases go. <laughs> I do think that that is one of the, the most overlooked kind of discriminatory behaviors of people is around size. And I think it's an important part of conversation. We do it both ways, that an individual wouldn't have insecurities because they're skinny. Right. Mm -hmm. And skinny people will tell you, same thing if you say to me, you're so little, it would be the same thing as telling a big person, you're just so big. Like, they take it the same way. Mm -hmm. So I'm... Okay, we're going to switch over to the bowl of edginess now, right? Zach, okay, we've never found a hiker. Oh, a hiker. <laughs> oh. Is it you? Oh, wow. Nice. And as this conversation started, I knew that I was going to go there. And I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting. Nobody's going to guess me. For the same reason that you mentioned. Mm. Oh, I don't even think that. That's not even why. Well, I know. But I mean, I, I was thinking nobody's going to pick the younger guy as the hiker. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't look outdoorsy. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. You know, there's there's nothing oh, there's, I, there's nothing that indicates she looks outdoorsy. You look outdoorsy. 
Yeah, she looks like she enjoys being out in the fresh in the air. And she said she likes I to stay. I do enjoy in. being out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love. Yeah. It's I like complained about the heat at one in the morning last night. So it was. It's just you me. did complain. I complained about how hot it was. About walking from Planet Hollywood to here. So y'all had an after party. Didn't invite me. Oh, I was in the bed. She's got four kids. No, I didn't I get you. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of that. I was tired. <laughs> um, how many of those moments did you think to yourself, I wish somebody would, would pick me on this? Or at least have it cross your mind, why wasn't why wasn't I assumed to be that? I don't care. <laughs> mm. I didn't have any of those moments. Or why do I look like that individual? We were pretty spot on. We know each other pretty well. But why wasn't we I picked? We just met each other. Why wasn't I picked as beautician? I have great hair. You, you do, do have great hair. You do have great hair. Yeah. I know um, you too well. Why do we do, Why do we judge like that? I had m- maybe just a slight thought about the traveling the country, mm-hmm. um, and it's only because you know I was in, in, in again from Mississippi. Didn't I never saw myself visiting Vegas or GAC in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. So I had, a, I had a moment, <laughs> I had a moment of last GAC where I went to the Washington Mall and I stood in that place where Dr. King had said his speech. And y'all, I'm talking about tears are flowing because I never, I never saw myself standing in that spot. Never saw it. So to be there, to see it, to be in Vegas, you know, to I'm, I'm literally here looking at it. I, I had moments in my past where I never saw it. So traveling is a, you know, it's something I want to do. But it's a luxury. I don't know about that. I'm like you. Do I go without the kids or <laughs> what? But, but no, from a place where I never saw it, I want that to be a reality. So that's something I'm going to work to. So. You know what? And when she said, I have four kids... In my, I I judged. I said black people don't travel with their kids. That's mm. white privilege stuff. Mm. I, now that I'm thinking mm. thinking that through, right? Mm. I I did go there. I did go there. And that, but that is how. Like my parents didn't travel with us, mm. and if they did, it was somewhere fun to travel right. to the beach, or yeah. you know what I mean. And I'm not saying that they did a lot of travel, but when they did go somewhere, we were at home with a sitter. Probably because they couldn't afford. Well, that's where I was going. Oh, it, it was right. fun. It was right. those exactly. decisions. Those decisions for us and, and coming up again was it so was financial. Because, it was financial. Yeah, financial. They couldn't afford, they can't afford to take three kids to Belize. And we and we right. never would. We we were we certainly weren't flying anywhere. So right. if we were driving now, driving the United States and going to places, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we've done all of that. Do that. But we don't. Not. I mean, up. not. It does happen now because you have people who are having better jobs, more right, money, more right, income, and right. they want more experiences for their families. Exactly. And a lot of times, the jobs that they have, they can take families because their stuff's being paid for, and then they can supplement the other. But yeah, when 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 she said, "I've got four kids," first thing in my head was, "Yeah, that's why we drove that Chevy <laughs> um, from California, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. San Diego to San Antonio." Um, so when we have these like, moments of judging ourselves or judging each other in that, it why does that why does that happen? And how do we how do we how does a person in a simple manner before we get into the darker places that we judge each other, 
in a simple place of beauticians or of hikers or of whatever, why do we judge that both in ourselves and other people? How do we stop it? How do we stop it? It's social conditioning. You have to be intentional. You have to you have to have conversations like this that say, Oh yeah, I did think that. And once once you do that, then you can so I'll never, I'll never think that again. Right. It's because I, I had the thought, we discussed the thought, and now I know, oh, this is, it's not a fact. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. But it's, it's not, not, it's not it's about why you yeah. did that. Yeah. Right. And sit and go, oh, okay. But you also have to be aware that you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so yeah. many people yeah. aren't even aware yeah. that they do it. And, and, and acknowledge that, like, you just acknowledge, I did judge. Right. Like, mm-hmm. But so, there are so many people who go, I didn't do that. Right. Well, and, and I think you have to be intentional about realizing this isn't something you can just kind of white knuckle your way out of. Right. Right. You cannot just think, I'm just going to sit here and think about myself and I'm going to get better. You yeah. need somebody calling you out on your crap and saying, hey, that assumption you just made, where'd you, where'd that come from? We need to have someone in our head what you're doing right now with like us. Like when you just said, yeah. why did you, you know, have, making us listen to that inner voice, like, oh, and, I don't know. Maybe it's just a protection that we do, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. For me, the, the world is too big for us to see it as it is. We have to generalize. We have to compartmentalize. That's the nature of human beings. Mm-hmm. It's the question of then what evidence are you using and what opportunities are you missing as a result? Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that and have you thought through what the ripple effects of that is? Mm-hmm. We don't think of the world as it is. We think of the way, we think of the world about the stories that we tell about the world as we see it. And the cultures that we create, all culture is, is stories that we tell and the standard that we set about the people who either meet or don't meet those standards. Mm-hmm. That's what culture is. And all that comes about by the stories that we tell ourselves, and are we brave enough to tell them to somebody else? Am I brave enough to go to Linda and say, I made these assumptions here about this other person? And her calling me out and said, did you really, did you mean to do that? What, what did you miss about that? My question is, how many of us in this industry who are not in this hotel room right now, are willing to reach across the aisle to somebody else and say, I need you to call me out. Not just tear me down and say this, oh, you're horrible and racist and prejudiced and bad, but saying, let me recognize the times when you did it right. Let me show the blind spots that you have. And then call me out on mine. Mm-hmm. How brave are we in branch meetings when we start talking, about, when we get past the conversations about loan growth and cross sales and transactions per hour, for me to look at them and say, what, oper- what judgments did you make about that member right there? Wow. How brave are we to do that? So anything else, once we want, if we're not willing to go there, any other conversation we have in this industry doesn't really do much. Unless we change the culture of branch meetings, board meetings, executive, you know, executive you know, accountability. If we're not willing to put that stuff in there, it's all performative. But if we challenge in the manner that what you're challenging and talking about, and I'm, I mean, it, there's half of me that's amen, mm-hmm. and the other half of me is thinking to myself, we challenge that way. All it's going to do is deeper root some of those feelings. And the reason that being that is because it would be so wildly uncomfortable for someone to mm-hmm. go into that situation that people either won't or they'll go and then have resentment based on it. And so that that conversation needs to happen also has to happen in a place of, of safety because if it's not, people aren't going to go. And then that's not helping us because the people that aren't going are the ones that need to be there. Okay. I think you have to look at the historical perspective of banking, though. Right? It's just like private schools. Came into that. Right? Created by white men. Yes, ma'am. Right? Yes, Elitist ma'am. institutions. Yes. So you have to take that into consideration when you're trying to make any of this kind yes. of change. Right? You have to address that and move on and not you know, dwell on it. But you have to start there mm-hmm. or you won't go anywhere. So there goes so there goes the barriers though. I mean, we're talking. You know, is it an HR problem at that point? 
because as a converted banker, 13 years before getting into the credit union space and saying, wow, this place is different. They, 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 they can have the conversation without the HR line of, oh, can't touch that. You know, that's kind of, so is that what it is? I mean, is it the HR barrier that has to come down to allow us to have this talk? Or, well, to, or send, to, to send, okay, so Cindy says the, the institutions that are created by elitist white men, but the credit union system was not created for the elite. It was created for the downtrodden yeah. who could not get yeah. banks to yeah, right. get them anything. What I think has happened is we have forgotten why we were created. We have forgotten who we're supposed to be working for. And we want to, this is what I think has happened. A whole bunch of bankers came over to be in credit union land. And so that mindset took over. All the billion dollar credits, don't get me wrong, I love the billion dollar credits because they're very supportive of ACC. However, I think that part of what has happened in the industry is the need to be a bank, to be operate in that genre of that type of efficiency, those types of things, those top, type of product offerings. But if we get back to who we are, and, I, and I, this is not about selling the initiative, but commitment to change, credit unions tonight against racism, I believe that we are the industry that can help this America change what it's doing right. and how it's done. And I think part of the, I think part of where the, the, the change starts certainly is in HR, because that's where part of my background is in talent development, so HR and human capital. I think it also starts with, with our marketing. It starts with our imaging. A couple of years ago, I put together a team of people that we looked at the kind of pictures that credit unions use on their websites. We looked at about 1,800 different credit unions, and we saw, you know, what kind of photos, what kind of images are we using to portray us? 85, 88% of those photos were stock photos. And I will give you three guesses, and the first two don't count, as to what kind, as what type of people were represented out there. Folks that look like me. The stories that we tell are about people like me. Are this face, not this one, because it's the face for radio, but other faces that are <laughs> like this. That's, those are the people that we're catering to. Because institutional wealth in this country, we know that the average white household has about 10 times more wealth than the average black one. And so when you put them both together, which household am I going to go after? Who are you marketing to? It's right. business. Exactly. And that's, I think that's the point, too. It's, it's marketing and it's HR, but both of those are extensions of the core of the governance of that institution. Exactly. Policies, procedures, mm -hmm. bylaws, yeah. humans yeah. that sit on the board and do those things. So I think that, that it has to, and it has to be across the board. Yeah. You can't have the board be really on, on it and the marketing team not executing. You can't you know, hire or have a good talent pool from HR and, and recruiting, and then the hiring managers don't don't execute on that. And so I think that it's 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 everybody. One of the things though that I want to ask before we kind of switch this this topic is have you ever been assumed to be the expert in something because of something? Absolutely. Any black person, she just told you she's she's too in 75 years, she's one of two in 75 years. If they if they even, when this, when this whole unfortunate murder of George Floyd happened, almost every black person in any organization got tapped. Can yep. you talk to? My phone can rang. you leave yeah. our? Inbox can you explain this? My phone rang. Inbox, all, all the people. Mm -hmm. Good, bad. What do we think? 
And uh, it, and is, has that happened be, beyond? Like, I want to have a conversation about LGBT. Linda has to be the person. All the time. Yeah. I'm suddenly the expert on on everything. Do you resent that? I don't resent it. Um, I'm older and wiser now, or maybe don't give a crap so much anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we're fielding this question again. Um, so, yeah, it's very common. Uh, and I don't know, if, Juan, if you get this same kind of deal or not, but, I mean, I do my best to, to not diss in any way and try to say, you know what, I'm not the total expert. There's millions of people just like me who, and there's probably some straight people who could probably talk as equally mm -hmm. to this topic as me. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, there's a, there's a LGBTQ thing. Let's get Linda to come and, and talk. It's like, okay, well, there's other people. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm the only one stepping out. Well, mm -hmm. I was one of the only ones stepping out uh, in the credit union industry uh, to make that visible because it was not visible. People were not talking about it. There were not out They were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Renee. Uh, so, <laughs> I still it, it, remember the book. <laughs> I still have the book too. Okay. So, bringing more people out is going to have more people fielding the questions, but again, you're still going to be stuck in that pigeonhole. Mm -hmm. But at least people are asking. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not going to diss that. It's a hard balance, it's, is I, it not? It's very it's difficult. The, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Mr. Positive over here tries to find the good in all of it. So I said, well, at least they asked. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would filter those conversations. Yeah, call me. Let's talk. Um, you brought up the George Floyd murders, and I'm sure that that will come up at some point. But that was difficult. That was a difficult discussion for me because I posted a picture at GAC. Again, I was the minority in that big group of uh, crashers. And... It was a picture of me and my mentees, I mean mentors, and just a big group of us. And it was a double, it was a split screen shot. It was one original shot, and then there was a black and white shot. And my caption said, see no color. All right? I got this anonymous text message from God knows who that says, you're an effing buffoon if you think that your visual of, you know, whatever with all these white people is gonna help you X, Y, Z in life, blah, 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 you're crazy. But they never, they, that person obviously did not know me. Mm -hmm. So the struggle that I had during those times was <clears throat> showing all my white friends that I'm not the angry black guy, yeah. mm -hmm. but then showing all my black friends that I'm woke yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm here for you guys, I'm, I'm representing. When the total picture was love, you know, I sh that was hard for me because I was constantly on that fence. Hey, guys, I'm not angry with you, man. It's, it's all good, you know. We as a people were very upset by that and wanting to see that not be the case. But every time you turn the TV on, that was it. But then I have a group of people here that's like, you know, you have a platform. Use it. Speak on it. Talk about us. Show it. And it, that balance of that was rough. It kind of forced tokenism in a lot of ways. Yeah. It did. I, you know, and I remember back in the 90s when I first moved to New York from Puerto Rico. Um, back in those days, the, the, the buzzword that was used a lot was melting pot. The United mm -hmm. States is a melting pot. 
and in some ways, I feel like that attitude is still prevalent. Like, and, and I, as a young Latino who didn't even speak English, and I, was, and I went attended an all-white high school, it was hard. I mean, I didn't even understand what people were saying. And there was this pressure for me to conform and assimilate, and for me to give up who I was mm -hmm. to act the same way as everyone else. I mean, I remember laying in bed saying words that kids were making fun of me about, like the word cookie, you know, I would say cookie instead of cookie, mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to change the pronunciation in my head of like, why am I, you know, why are they making fun of it? How can I change? And then I felt like I was betraying myself and my, and my culture. So it was a really big struggle. And I think what we fail even today to, to kind of grapple with is like, it's okay to be different and it's okay to, to, to embrace who you are yeah. while at the same time reaching out, reaching across and getting to know people that are different and think differently than you and that there's so much value in diversity. And instead of having a melting pot mentality, it's about bringing yourself and your uniqueness mm -hmm. to the conversation. I, and Celebrating I, differences. That's right. And I mean, I, I hope that if there's one thing that, that we do going forward is do that. I mean, celebrate the differences that we don't all have to be, you know, at the same table necessarily. Like, we can create our own tables. We can, we can be ourselves. We can bring our uniqueness to the table. Uh, and and we're going to be stronger for it instead of just trying to all be the same and assimilate. Because un until we do that and we try to understand the, the experiences of other people, we're not going to be able to, to speak the same language. You're right. It's a, I, I find that to be one of the hardest things about being an ally. No matter what I am an ally to, whether it's CU Pride or it's working with Renee and the African American uh, Coalition, it it's that there's like a it's we're almost persecuting in some ways, and yet also wanting more standing up. And I think that that's that discomfort and that is part of my challenge. It doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable because I have no idea what has been faced by by my communities. And also is some, an opportunity to recognize in myself when I do that exclusive behavior for others. Does that make sense? Am I articulating that? In the fact of uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Use the platform. No, don't use the platform. Tokenism. No, don't. You know, tokenism. I have been leading diversity, and uh, uh, diversity equity, and inclusion training for five plus years in this industry, something that you guys all know I'm very passionate about. But the second everything happened in 2020, I can't any longer. I can't. You can't have a female, that's why I go out and teach that thing. Why not? You tell me. Jill Nowacki does, and I support that exclusively. I, but she, I, the, I can't have that conversation. But you know, but the whole point of it is, is that if we do this, we do this collectively. We do this together, and, but that there's, that, that's good. <clears throat> I, you know, because it doesn't always have to be my platform. If the platform is opening up, why aren't we as, as humans working together to increase that platform? Why aren't we bringing in additional voices? But also trying to stay away from that, that tokenism that happens. Because we do it. You have to be the beautician. You have to be 
the hiker, or we can't have this combo without a hiker, because then the combo's not valid. Can I, can I stop for a second? Setter, are you all right? I'm good. What are you feeling? Yeah, well, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew I was going to be the one. I'm glad to be I'm usually the one. And what, what can we do for you right now? No. Well, the, the conversation period is so no. I just didn't want to just kind of climb no, over that. No. I, I knew I was going to be the one. <laughs> I knew I was. Um, it's just, it's, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. It's so necessary. I am Latina. I am a woman. I'm a millennial. I'm different, right? No, I am unique. We all are. Deep down, we're all the same. Woo! Top three kick ass. Here are three things you can start doing differently today. Number one, be more self-aware in judgment. Be intentional and complete a self-assessment as to your blind spots. So you're not unintentionally judging someone else. So do a self-assessment. Number two, create accountability. Find an accountability partner. Find a safe space for conversations so you can call each other out and then be open to that critique. That's critical. And then work it out, work together to make those changes. Number three, find some beauty and diversity. Tell the story of diversity in your organization and commit to sharing that story. And in fact, find three unique stories in your organization of human beings and share them to the staff. Maybe there's stories of people in the past, maybe there's stories of people in, in your current staff and, and share them amongst the team. Assimilation and sameness will not build a stronger culture. Find uniqueness and the beauty of diversity. There's your top three kick-ass. Coming up on Dissecting Diversity. I am sick to death of men taking, getting a pass and saying boys will be boys and not being able to have the self-control that God gave a dog looking at a woman that chooses to show her beauty, a beauty that God put on her, and men not being able to see her as anything but an object that they can rub against. I'm teaching her <clears throat> you okay? Her body is hers. And you know, while I grew up <clears throat> being taught, cover it up, put bigger pants on. I, I didn't grow up as a skinny girl. I just mm -hmm. didn't. I have always had a little plump in the back. And the hard part balance on that that note is making sure that I know when to step aside to allow everyone that wants to be, needs to be, has voice to be there. And right. so it's, it is a balance on, on all of the realms, but we all do. We're it's, we've had the conversation. I get it now. Renee, you can't do that. You, you are a leader. You must be better. Just what we're trying to do with everybody else. Expose it, deal with it, talk about it, understand why you're thinking that, and then you, have, you can replace it with a new thought. Right. And Any type of exclusion creates pain and hardship. It doesn't matter what kind of exclusion it is. So whether it's because it belongs to you or not, um, and I completely understand the where you're coming from, but any kind of exclusion, no matter what it is, creates boundaries and hardship. We're good for you. Learn, love, kick ass.